Hey guys, it's Pastors Aaron and Terry Bagwell, and we wanted to say thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to share it with a friend to keep others around you encouraged throughout the week. We hope you have a blessed day and enjoy the podcast. God bless you. Last week we talked about planting. This week I want to talk about growing. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him and your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. Can we all say amen to that? There is something powerful when we talk about getting connected to Christ. And what does it mean to be rooted? And that's what we're discussing, to grow deep and live strong. Not to have a shallow relationship or a shallow connection with the understanding of who God our Father is, but to have a deep, connected relationship that holds us through any season and any storm that we might face. So as we dive into this four-week series, you know, our agricultural visuals are very strong, right? We got this awesome plant here, still alive, so that's good. Been taking care of it, you know. We're hoping it doesn't die before the end of the series. I want to make a good illustration there. But uh, Mandy's done a good job and got this cool face. Good job. That looks good. Um, but we have to remember something. Last week as we talked about planting, we talked a lot about the soil. And the soil is really a condition of our heart. And we looked at the parable of the sower. And as the gospel seed goes out, that word is the seed. And you can find that after a seed is planted, what do you expect a seed to do next? Grow. If you plant something in a garden or in your home, you have an expectation of growth on that seed, don't you? It's natural. It's normal. You should expect that thing to do something. In fact, if you plant it, and you know when it's supposed to sprout and all those things, and you don't see the sprout, you know something went wrong. It didn't do what it was supposed to do. It didn't come through the dirt. It didn't sprout up. It didn't show the signs of the next steps. We tried to grow an avocado tree once. That took a while. Avocado seeds are fun, you know, but you gotta really maintenance them. And it got, it finally cracked that shell. You ever wonder what that big seed is in the middle of the avocado? Yeah, that's for the new tree, you know? I always thought you could eat them, but that's not a good idea. But if you take care of it, but we read up on it in this, I forget how many weeks it was till it would begin to germinate, but it was months. And so the expectation was not instant, right? But other seeds are instant expectation. Maybe some of the seeds like we've handed out have more of an instant expectation than the natural. If you plant it, you're supposed to see something sprout. The point is this, that any time a seed is planted, the expectation of growth is the evident next step. And the same is true in our walk and with our faith. And so today, as we're talking about growth, we're talking about spiritual growth. You know, this church is like a seed, isn't it? We, we planted something. We started something here with a vision and a hope and a goal to accomplish. It was like a seed. But now there's an expectation to grow. And we've been seeing growth since day one. Not monumental oh, we have 5,000 people less than a year you know we're just following the Lord in our journey but there is an expectation that hey this church isn't designed just for a handful this church is designed to impact the city 
to impact the, the world around us. And so that means that now that seed's been planted in each person's heart that feels connected here. So now if the church is going to grow, guess who is the church? Number one, that's you and I, right? It's not the building. So if the church is growing, that means you're growing. And if you're growing, that means that there's going to be some outstretching, just like this at one point was just a little seed. Now it has leaves and it has fruit growing off of it. It has life. You can see it. It's, it's producing its purpose. In the same way, your family's like this. It's a seed. You should expect health and growth in the relationships. You should be looking at the different seasons. You should be looking at your own life like a seed. You should expect growth. Now, seeds, when we look in the natural, right, there's about four processes, really. You have seed, the soil, then you need the water, and you need sunlight. Those are kind of the four producers of change. That if you're missing, the first thing I did last week when I left, I left this tree on the table and turned all the lights out. And instantly I thought, it's probably not good for that plant to sit in the dark room all week. And so these windows produce a little light on the floor, so we moved the tree so it had some sunlight. And uh, so, But if you miss any of the elements for any length of time the tree will begin to die the seed will begin to die so the producers the elements of change are necessary in order to produce the life that is on the inside of it and in the same way that's you and i in our walk with christ and so when we talk about spiritual growth and we talk about all these things that we're diving into we have to remember that we cannot forego on certain aspects of our walk and our growth with jesus I want to talk uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 5 through 9. And Paul wrote this, and he said, What after all is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers, you are God's field and God's building. Today I want you to remember one thing, it's God who makes things grow. I'm going to say it again. It is God who makes things grow. There are elements. The seed is like the word. It matters. The soil is your heart, the reception of that word. It matters. The water is like our discipleship. It matters. And the sunlight, I I like to say the sunlight's like the anointing. It matters. You, You have to have it, but ultimately the master architect of growth directs these producers of growth. That in the end, all those elements in and of themselves are not going to produce the calling, the purpose, and the destiny that God has for your life. It is in God's hands, and that takes a lot of trust. So I want to give you four spiritual growth concepts here today. This is a good, like, teaching series, okay? So write it down or take photos, whatever you like, but I want you to grab these four points today. Number one, spiritual growth is not done by human hands. Spiritual growth is not, excuse me, done by human hands. Paul was writing the Corinthian church because there was so much fighting in the church. You know, they were fighting. Who's the, this preacher is the one I should be listening to. This teacher, no, 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 I should be listening to this. What about Apollos? No, no, I listened to the teachings of Paul. And they were trying to follow whose, whose leader was best. And, and therefore there was a lot of self-righteousness coming out too. Because they're like, oh, well, my pastor is better than your pastor. Right? <laughs> But in the end, Paul's clarifying, listen, they're all just servants of God. 
That in the end, God is the one who's going to take what is being sown and do something with it. It's God who makes things grow. Even today, we continue to argue which Christian speaker is the best. You ever seen that? You know, the, who's got the coolest book? Who's got, the, oh, I went to this conference. Oh, that speaker was good. I got something you didn't get. I'm more holy than you now, you know? I mean, you know, like, oh, I went to that conference. You missed that? Oh, you missed out. You're not on my level now. You know, that sometimes this thing, this creeps into the church sometimes, and that self-righteous spirit can come in, and now, well, I went to every conference, so now I'm more holy. And it's like, no, in the end, you could go to every single conference in the year 2023, but it is God who will give you growth. So if we like to remove God out of the process and think, now we're doing this by human hands, now all of a sudden it's like, well, we tend more teaching, so therefore we're further along in our development. We are removing God from the process. And when it comes to spiritual growth, you're not going to get very far. So spiritual growth is not done by human hands. Number two, spiritual growth is happening in the field. Remember we read this, 1 Corinthians 3, 9, we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field in God's building. It's good to know that God is interested in our growth. Can we all say amen to that? And he sees every human heart as a field ready to bear fruit. So how do we practically jump in? We're coworkers. How do we do this? First, we must act with wisdom. We have to jump in with our church, community, and others who love Jesus. We need to dedicate ourselves to the reading of God's word, spending time in prayer. We need to regularly worship Jesus with our time. We must constantly evaluate our lives and repent of our sin. This is a process that should be constantly taking place. This is maintenance and care of the field. And we must evaluate ourselves based upon the commandments and the teachings of Christ found in the Gospels, not in the Fox News. Hello. Found in the Gospels, not in the CNN. Not in whatever news source you find, not whatever uh, blog that you like to read, not whatever source of information that's coming out. We have to define our life according to the word, and that separates us from the world and the teachings of the world. But believe me, the world has a loud megaphone, and they are coming for you each and every day, and it's not even physically loud typically. It's typically about that big, fits in your hand, it's your phone. And that message is constantly bombarding us. But if it's not in alignment with the Gospels, I don't want it. So we have to tend to the field by evaluating ourselves, not against are we fitting into society the way society is telling us, or are we standing up for what we believe in and saying, I'm sorry, right is right and wrong is wrong, and you're not the person to tell me what's right and what's wrong. Is This Bible that I have is going to tell me what's right and wrong. Any Bible believers in the room? <laughs> Hallelujah. We have to allow the word to be our constant. It is the truth of God. If we don't stand on that by faith, we've lost everything when it comes to our faith. The word should guide us. And everything else should be seen through that lens. Let me give you number three. Spiritual growth, I like this one, is not an option. The seed's been planted. The expectation of growth is there. Now, we're at expect hope, right? There's an expectation of hope in this place. There's an expectation that we should be bearers of light. There's an expectation that we should walk in the truth of God's love to all people around us. There's an expectation 
of growth when the seed is planted. And guess what? That expectation is coming from heaven. Now, that's a cool thought. Now, one, if you don't want to want any responsibilities, I don't want anything. You know, you need to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Because these kind of responsibilities are directly connected to your very existence. Because God didn't say, I'm going to birth you and let you just wander around, do whatever you want, then you die, and hopefully you get to come back to me. But God said, no, 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 I birthed you with a plan. I birthed you with a purpose, a calling, a destiny, and I want you to find it. But I'm so good, I'm not just going to reveal it all to you. I'm on a, I want a relationship with you. Our God loves us so much. He doesn't want us just to have it on paper so we don't need him. He wants us to engage with him, to have relationship. You know, Terry and I have been married 17 years, but there's been a lot of engagement through those 17 years. We didn't get married, and then I moved away to some other country and came back 15 years later and said, hey we're married there wouldn't be much of a relationship and the lord is the same way this is daily this is something and the more we're engaged with him the more we're in step with each other sometimes in marriage you can feel out of step do you know what i'm talking about married couples there's moments where you get out of step and you just feel like ah we're not in sync and one of two things are going to come from that one you guys figure out what's not in sync and work on it to get back into sync. Or you're going to allow the, the thing that's out of sync to kind of drive you guys apart. And the same is true with any relationship, especially when it comes to the Lord. That if we get out of sync with God, we're going to start seeing the negative results of the desynchronization. And so in our spiritual walk, we're all of a sudden not going to be feeling it like we were you know what i'm talking about also the temptation of sin seems to grow louder potentially we start succumbing to sin that we had had victory over for years and we go back to old ways what is that that is the war with your old nature so christ is saying hey hey hey, you got to tend to the field let me talk to you spiritual growth is not an option and so when we talk about growing, the expectation is that you're going to grow and mature in your faith because stagnation is not in the Lord's vocabulary. He's a producer. He's a mover. He's growing. The Holy Spirit is moving. He's wind. He's fire. You know, these different descriptors of the Holy Spirit are never with a tepid pool of water that's growing bacteria somewhere in some dark corner of nowhere the holy spirit is a fresh wind the holy spirit is fresh fire the anointing of god is fresh oil are you hearing what i'm saying there is a freshness an expectation of growth an expectation of new an expectation of being in synchronization and when we get disconnected from that we might find ourselves starting to shrink back into the things that the enemy likes dark holes depression world full of anxiety i feel like the walls are closing in on me are you hearing what i'm saying that those things of the world start to come around us but god's like no 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 grab my hand i'm gonna bust you through that thing because there is an expectation of something new going on in your life and i'm too good to let you sit there in stagnation come along with me baby we're going somewhere because i birthed you with a purpose i birthed you with the calling and i birthed you with the plan hallelujah Spiritual growth isn't an option. First Corinthians said, brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. 
that there is a developmental process taking place in each and every one of our lives. But you don't stay with the milk. Eventually, you're ready for some meat. Now, we've had three babies, and they went through that process literally. There was a process of milk time in the baba. You know, that's what we called it. I'll never forget, Drea, baba time was over. She was hooked on the baba, but she was beyond the baba. You ever met a spiritually uh, immature Christian kind of like this? Like, you got to get off that baba, man, you know. It's time to go deeper in your walk, you know. We were in the car, and Drea was throwing a fit with the baba, and she was screaming, milk, milk. And we didn't have it. And we were driving on that. There was no milk. And that did not, and the, the screaming got louder. And Terry goes, give me the baba. And I'll never forget, she rolled the window down and threw the bottle out. We littered in everything. Don't tell anybody. And I'll never forget the baby stopped screaming just in shock. What just happened? Terry goes, Baba is gone. She never drank a Baba ever again. That was the end of the Baba. It was gone. <laughs> there is a process to our journey, a process to our growth and development in our faith. As a pastor, I've been blessed to be a part of that process with many people through the years. I've been in ministry now uh, almost 25 years. And so I've been blessed to be a part of a lot of people's lives. Uh, one brother in this room today is my friend Bud. Everybody say, hey Bud. hey, Bud. And Bud is an amazing man of God. But like all of us, his journey didn't start there. You know, Bud, like many of you, were, was caught up in the world and all his things, and the enemy was fighting. He didn't grow up in that Christian house and going to church all the time. He was just living life. There's something deeper calling to him, but he didn't know what it was. And there was this journey. There was this one point where he's starting to hear about Jesus, but he still wanted to club and party and trying to do both, you know? He was just sharing the details of this with me on our trip we just took to Nepal. It was a really powerful testimony. I won't share all the details. I'll let him do that some other time. But there was a moment, though, that came later. Not at that moment. He wasn't quite there yet. But there was a moment when we were pastoring Jesus Church, and he came. And there, that was the day he, he yielded his life. He said, God, I'm yours. I'm done. I surrender. Jesus, take over. And all of a sudden, he was transformed into a new creature. Now, like any of us, Bud didn't just come out preaching or something. You know, Bud was on his own journey. He hasn't been perfect. He's had moments of uh, imperfection like all of us have. But Bud and I stayed connected through that moment. In fact, when Terry and I went to Arizona, he felt so connected. He's like, hey, man, let's do some... I can do business out there. He came out to Arizona, helped us do Expect Hope in Arizona. Then we said, we feel led to come back to Colorado. He's like, I'm coming back to Colorado. And there's been something that God has knit between our hearts. And to watch that development take place, I can look at Bud now. And when I talk to Bud and I have conversations about the word, there was a time I remember my conversations with him kind of felt like spiritual milk conversations. I wasn't trying to go super deep with Bud. I was like, let's get, you know, let's hit the basics. But I'm proud to say now watching his development, this has everything to do with his choices of saying, God, I want more of you. I'm not satisfied with milk. Lord, I need something more. This was his heart and his faith 
to choose that. And I was blessed to just be a part of it. But in the same way, all of you get to be a part of that in other people's lives if you allow God to use you this way. That there's somebody you should be discipling, I believe, at all times. There's somebody you should be pouring your life into at all times. Because the reality is where you're at is further along to somebody else somewhere. Are you in the room today? And now I've watched my brother and we just, he's gone on many missions trips and he's just grown and grown. And we were at this pastor's conference and he shared some of that a few weeks ago. But man, he, he preached a great word. And I'm watching God just transform his life. And uh, we were sitting and talking on the flights and I'm just like, man, you're not the same guy you were 10 years ago. You know, there is a, a development that has happened that's so evident on you that only God, God could have brought that kind of growth. Let's praise God for that this morning. Spiritual growth isn't an option. And number four, spiritual growth needs the right environment. The right environment. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says, So then just as you receive Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness the right environment is huge it'd be crazy to think that an apple tree could grow in the middle of the sahara desert or that a palm tree could grow right outside our door even in and out doesn't have palm trees in denver you know they're like they're not going to live here that every seed has to have the correct environment and so when we look and consider our environment paul's essentially saying do the things that you were doing when the gospel seed was first planted in you continue living in him root yourself in christ and let me give you a through a few ways you can do this one is the church do you know how critical the church is to your growth and development most christians nowadays don't think it's that important but they're misled by their own thoughts if you think you can live lead and live your christian life without the church involved in your life you're missing the growth that it creates because it's not just from a sermon on Sunday. It's from the community that surrounds you. It's from the people that you can be held accountable by and you can hold others accountable to. It's by the pastor who will look at you like Lee and I'll be like, hey brother, it's time to preach, man. And he's like, I don't wanna do that. And I'm like, come on, push, push. Growth is not an option. Growth is not an option. Come on, Lee, preach, brother. And he's like, okay. But if he stayed home and just watched online every week, you wouldn't have that, right? I mean, isn't that the truth, though? That there is something so important to that because the environment helps us grow. Can we all say amen? The fellow believers. Christ-centered routines help you. Your prayer, your reading of the word, worship, your giving. The routines of these things are critical to locking in your faith. And one of the biggest ones is removing negative environmental things that could hinder your growth. I call them sin temptations. You know, you're coming to church, you're building a community, but then you go home. And if you struggled with alcohol and have alcohol in your house, you're going to have a temptation. If you've struggled with drugs or prescriptions, you're like, well, I'm just going to keep them just in case I need them. You're going to have a temptation that might be beckoning you at midnight. Are you hearing me? That all well, the times here, I'm going to lean on that and not Christ. That we have to understand the right environment. We have to set up our environments. That's within our control. But if we put things in our environment that are actual stumbling blocks, we are creating traps in our own house. And then we wonder, why isn't the peace of God in my home? The Lord's saying, remove the traps. If you've battled with lust, 
uh, lustful images. What are you looking at? What kind of things are around? What access do you give yourself to the internet? If you got problems with pornography, what types of things and blockades are you putting up to say, listen, I'm going to deal with this and not just have willpower. Your willpower is not that powerful. Can I say that? Especially when it comes to sin you're tempted with. What about TV shows? Well, I'm an adult. I can watch any TVMA show I want because I'm a mature person. Yes? Should you? I used to watch a lot of rated R movies. And when Terry and I first got married, she's like, why do you watch all that trash? I'm like, I don't know. It's funny. She's like, let me tell you something about rated R movies. The only thing that's, there's nothing funny in there. The only reason it's rated R is because the language is terrible or they're showing stuff you shouldn't be looking at. I'm like, so? <laughs> I knew she was right. But it was these simple things that we have to say, why? Well, everybody else says it's a great show. So? Is it putting the right message in your mind? Is it edifying you? Is it building you up? Challenge yourself. What kind of environmental things are you allowing in that then you kind of feel like, ugh, later on? That's in your court. Who are you spending the most time with? Ooh, I want to end on this one. Who are you spending the most time with? And is, the right, is it the right environment for growth? Your relationships dictate everything. Now, some of your working relationships you don't have control over. And you might be around some icky people at work. But how you engage. You ever get around the wrong people and kind of like, you know, this goes back to like peer pressure in high school. You know, well, they're saying that. I guess I'll jump in so they don't outcast me, right? You know, these are moments that can be tricky in certain environments because you want to stand up for what you believe in, but you also don't want to be outcasted. So you come to church and never say a swear word, and then you go over there, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's cursing Joe, you know, or something. You know, like, he's got the worst mouth of all of us. Like, you don't want a double identity is all I'm trying to say. That if you're trying to constantly mold and change yourself to these environments for acceptance from humans, that you'll be finding yourself in the wrong environment for growth. So saying all of that, when we talk about the four spiritual growth concepts and i'm done and nikita you can come up just for a moment as we close in prayer i want to challenge you to be willing to evaluate and scrutinize your environments in which you're trying to grow be honest today about the things in your life that are not conducive to healthy growth only you can choose that i can't choose it for you obviously so as we consider these things i want us first of all if you could just with your eyes closed we're talking about spiritual growth today. We're talking about this Rooted series. How do we live strong? How do we grow deep and live strong? How can we be like a cedar of Lebanon? That's what the word says we should be aiming to be. These are things that we're talking about today. That growth is only coming from God, first of all. It's not done by human hands. Growth is not happening um, in, in a lot of the ways that we see in the world. That our life is the field of God. We have to tend to the field. That growth isn't an option, and we got to be in the right environment. We have to put people in situations and circumstances around us to environmentally help us grow. I'm so thankful for the church. And, Father, today I pray over every person in this room that, Lord, you would guide them, Lord, because I see a room full of massive harvest. 
I see leaders in this room. I see people with massive callings in this room. And Lord, I pray that this environment helps them grow. I pray that, Lord, the, the, the elements are around them to help them grow. I pray the anointings around them. I pray that, Lord, that word is going in them. Father, I pray their heart, the soil is open to receive. And I thank you for the watering. Lord, that discipline, the discipleship, reading of your word and prayer and worship. Father, Lord, we're going to participate in these things. But, Lord, I thank you that, Lord, one might plant, one might water, but, Lord, only you can bring the increase. So, Lord, I pray for increase now in Jesus' name. Increase into situations. Increase into lives. Increase into families. Increase into circumstances, Father. We ask it now in Jesus' name. We ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You know, so we're talking about Easter coming up, and... What we want to ask in this moment is we're going to have a, just a mo another moment of prayer. But who, who, I want you to ask who is the Holy Spirit going to put on your heart for you to bring to Easter? Easter is a day where we're believing for many to come to have faith in Christ, to rededicate their life to Christ and whatever the situation. But this is an opportunity for us to say who. So let's pray one more time. Come on, every, every head bowed, every eyes closed. I want you to ask God, Lord, who should I bring? Father, who should I ask? Father, who should I be accountable for in obedience to say yes to trying? Come on, right now for about, you know, 15 seconds, I just want you out of your mouth to say, God, Lord, reveal to me who. And Holy Spirit, I pray as they're asking, you'll put a name, you'll put a face in front of them right now that lord they can invite those people call them text them give them one of these invite handouts and bring them with them on easter sunday father either service father we just want them to come through the doors to hear the gospel father we're going to preach the gospel we want people to hear it so that their lives can be changed and transformed so father i ask as they've asked for who that lord right now in jesus name you'll put somebody on their heart one or two or three people whatever lord you put on their heart lord give them a burden for that person lord i pray we all have a a person that lord burdens us in a good way and father lord we're asking for growth today so lord help us grow so that we can reach them now by taking simple acts of faith and lord i thank you right now that this prayer moment will turn into asking and that asking will turn into coming and that coming will turn into dedication and father lord in just a few weeks on that sunday i pray there are tears of joy in this room lord as many receive christ as many rededicate their life as they find life in christ lord those that are broken lord we pray for them now those that are addicted we pray for them now those that are hurting we pray for them now i thank you you are the chain breaker you break every chain and so father i thank you that chains are destroyed in jesus name and so lord we pray in advance and lord i thank you that lord we are like warriors in your army and lord you've given us a mandate today spiritual growth is not an option so lord let us grow by faith and take steps of faith lord to ask and bring in carpool and whatever we got to do for this moment that lord you will do the rest let us bring them that's all we can do father you're going to bring the growth you're going to bring salvation you're going to bring all the things that you do but lord i pray we do our part and we thank you that lord people will be receptive in jesus name amen amen come on let's clap our hands today so 
Let me have one of these. What I'd like is if the, you guys and readers can go get prepared now. On your way out today, our wonderful welcome team are going to have these, these handouts, these invites. Uh, one side is just for the church service. The other side is for the kids. We're going to have an amazing kids experience. Uh, face painting, snacks, raffles, all sorts of, uh, you know, Easter egg hunt, all that kind of stuff. And uh, so that's great for families to know they're going to have, the kids are going to have a great day. And then on the front side, it's just an invite. They can pick whatever service they want. There's a little QR code on if they'd like to RSVP so we can be prepared for them. They can do that and encourage that. But we're not asking you to take 20 of these today. We've, we've done that before. You take 20, 30, 40 of these. And before you know it, your week's busy. And they end up, as Terry says, in the bottom of your purse maybe. Or as a guy in your glove box, right? That's where mine end up. Then I don't see him. We want you to take one for every person God put on your heart today. If it was one person, just take one for that person or two or three. Don't overwhelm yourself with like taking 50 of these and trying to invite the whole city of Denver. We'd rather you be very intentional and on purpose to say, hey, I was praying for you this week and I wanted to invite you to church on Easter. What are you doing on Easter? Would you come to church with me? Invite them to lunch with you. You know, would you eat with me? Would you spend time with me? And you'll be amazed by what happens when you're very intentional. I'd rather you like target somebody and, you know, Christ like stalk them a little, you know, invite them, love on them. Not in a bad way, but just in a loving way to say, hey, I'd love for you to come with me. Does that sound good? So on your way out today, um, we're going to have our awesome teams there ready to hand these out to you. So again, you can take one, two, three. You can take really as many as you want. We just were trying to discourage people from taking 50 and then throwing them in your purse and forgetting about them or your glove box like I do. I think I still have Easter invites from like 10 years ago in there. Well, have you been blessed today? We're so happy that you came to church today, and I pray you were blessed. We want to say thank you for joining us for worship. God's a good God. Amen. Well, we've prayed a lot. We don't have to pray again, I don't think. I think I prayed 20 times today. So you guys are dismissed, man. I pray you have a blessed week. We look forward to seeing you next Sunday as we jump into week three of pruning in our growth series. God bless you. Thank you for being with us. Thank you guys for listening to this week's podcast. Be sure to subscribe and follow to stay up to date in everything we're doing at Expect Hope. We hope this podcast encouraged you and that it will help you through any trials you may be going through. Thanks again for listening and have a blessed rest of your week.